with the upcoming Suicide Squad movie coming out, you're probably asking yourself, who is the peacemaker? You've seen John Cena on social media in the goofy costume. You've probably gone back and looked at some of the comics. If you haven't, I did it for you. I've read all of the post-crisis appearances of the Peacemaker, and now I'm here to tell you about that character. This episode is going to be a little less hot take, opinion-based, and more info. Kind of giving you the 411 on the Peacemaker. But before we do that, we got to hit that theme music. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of Punch the Timeline. My name is Jared, and I love comic books. And I want you to love comic books as much as I do. Normally, I'm either joined by my co-host, Devin, or my co-host, Julie. But once again, I'm flying solo. I want to thank James Warren again for that awesome theme music. Let's jump into this. Suicide Squad's coming up. If you're listening a little later on, it's already happened, but... Let's talk Peacemaker. Who is the Peacemaker? It's a complicated question. Because the Peacemaker, despite being in DC Comics, is not a DC Comics character originally. Let's jump in. The Peacemaker made his first appearance in Charlton Comics' Fightin' Five, number 40, in November of 1966. He was created by Joe Gill and Pat Boyette. The era of the Peacemaker I will be discussing is the post-crisis version of that occurred after DC Comics purchased Charlton Comics characters in 1983. Now, before Peacemaker was introduced to the DC Universe, he was going to be used in a miniseries for the properties that DC Comics had originally purchased from Charlton. The name of that book? Watchmen. When the decision was made to use original characters instead, Peacemaker became an influence on the character The Comedian. I'll give you a time to digest that and kind of imagine... What it would have been like if the comedian hadn't been in Watchmen because they're supposed to be like Blue Beetle, Captain Adam, Peacemaker, people like that. But that's a whole other show. Let's get to it. The origin of the Peacemaker. Now I'm going to take the long way around. We're going to talk a little bit about how the Peacemaker first showed up in DC Comics and then I'll bring you around to who is the Peacemaker. Now the Peacemaker made his first appearance in DC Comics in Vigilante number 36, in August of 1986. But to tell you the story of the Peacemaker, I need to provide some background on Vigilante. Adrian Chase is the main character of the Vigilante book. He was a district attorney that lost his family in a mob attack. Sound familiar? He himself almost died, and when he recovered, he became the Vigilante. He kind of pulled away from society and became this man obsessed with righting the wrongs at the criminal justice system. You know, people who slipped through the cracks due to technicalities. Things he'd seen as a district attorney. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Somebody losing their family to a mob attack and swearing vengeance. Anyway. When this issue begins, number 36, Adrian Chase is given up on being vigilante and he's become a judge. 
Now, a couple of people have taken over the mantle of vigilante. He does not know who is has taken this over, but he knows there is a vigilante out there and he's fighting really hard to give up that life because he's a judge. Now his bailiff, Dave Winston had taken over the role of vigilante. All right. So I've laid the foundation peacemaker time in this book. A plane is hijacked with Adrian chase on board and the peacemaker gets word of this and makes his way to the scene. Now his first appearance in the book is under his civilian guise of Christopher Smith. There are rumblings of Project Peacemaker, but nothing is really fleshed out. The agency, which is um, a government agency that watches over people like Vigilante and people like Peacemaker, as kind of mentioned in here, it's I don't want to go down that road because it's too much of a path that we'll, we're going Peacemaker way. But look up. I can't say actually enough about Vigilante. It's really good. It's a, at the time, it was a mature reader's book. A, it's dark for the time right now. It'd be kind of a, you know, a teen plus book or something. Paul Kupperberg is writing Vigilante at this time. He will also be the writer on Peacemaker. Uh, art by Todd Smith. These two really have the definitive take on Peacemaker. So back to the Vigilante issue. The plane has been taken over by hostages. Adrian Chase is on the plane, but he's trying not to give away who he is. New vigilante Dave Winston gets a hold of this information that there is a plane being held hostage and he gets to the scene and the peacemaker slowly makes his way onto the plane. Now we get our first look at the peacemaker when he storms in and starts killing terrorists, that goofy big helmet, the, the red shirt with the dove on the front. Apparently he wears armor that is bulletproof, but it looks like the dude's in a t-shirt. It's bulletproof armor. So just roll with it. He's got the rocket pack. He's got big ass guns. Needless to say, this issue ends with the peacemaker killing all the terrorists. And then specifically because he touched him, the peacemaker kills Dave Winston in front of Adrian Chase. That's how cold the peacemaker is. Anyone who's innocent, he's like, citizen, step aside. Bam, bam, bam. The vigilante touches him, puts three bullets in him. That's, that's how cold he is. He's killing for peace. A crazy thing about the helmet. The helmet has weapons. It has a sonic device in it that can, you know, can really hurt you if he needs it. But he thinks that the souls of anyone that he kills end up in his helmet and speak to him. So they've got a little imbalance here because he's, he'll be talking to people after he's killed them. He'll be like, I know it's crowded in there, but you'll learn to get along. So he is definitely the villain of this story. And this sets up two three-issue arcs, two separate three-issue arcs where Adrian Chase, now back in the vigilante costume, has sworn revenge on the Peacemaker. And it's a very back-and-forth storyline where there are temporary alliances. They have to team up, but it's like, when this is done, I'm coming for you. And, you know, and Peacemaker's always like, well, bring it. And the storyline ends with the Peacemaker captured and taken back into custody by the U.S. government. And that will lead us into Peacemaker number one and the origin of Christopher Smith. So we've got a man who kills for peace, who thinks that the people he kills end up in a helmet in his head. That's a lot. Get ready, because it's going to get crazier. A lot of this information is from field reports in the back of the 
issues of this Peacemaker miniseries. There's great detail. It's so cool. It's like reading a dossier from a government agency. And it's written that way. And Paul Kupperberg just took so much information and crammed it into these issues. And it's fantastic. If you can check it out on DC Universe, do it. I happen to score physical copies because that's who I am. And I'll probably be sending some of those to CGC to get graded. But that's another podcast. Christopher Smith was born Christopher Schmidt in Austria in 1951. This is something I'm sure will be used, not be used in a Suicide Squad movie because it's really date specific and it's also, you know, 2021. So the Peacemaker would be as old as your parents. His parents were Wolfgang Schmidt and Elizabeth Lewis Schmidt. Wolfgang Schmidt is Austrian and Elizabeth is American. When Christopher was five, documents found by the Soviet Union, that's Russia for you kids who were born after 1990, uh, showed that Wolfgang was an officer in the Nazi SS Corps during World War II. Knowing that he was inevitably going to face arrest and a trial, Christopher's father killed himself in front of Christopher. With the trauma of both his father's death and his horrible past weighing heavily on him, Christopher's mother made the decision to move to America to give him a fresh start. That fresh start included a change in his last name to Smith. Christopher grew up bullied and was more of a loner. And at his 18th birthday, he joined the U.S. Army. Here comes some more dated material that probably won't be in the movie. Christopher made it to the rank of sergeant and was sent to Vietnam in 1969. Raise your hand if you were born in 1969. No? Me neither. He led a scouting mission and opened fire on a small village that he wrongly thought contained North Vietnamese personnel. 34 people were killed and he was sentenced to life in prison in Leavenworth, which is a military prison for any non-Americans. Now, two years into his sentence, he was approached by the Pentagon to participate in Project Peacemaker. Project Peacemaker was an anti-terrorism unit that relied heavily on the mental reconditioning to control its agents while leaving their violent tendencies untouched. He was offered a full pardon to participate. Here comes some more specific dates in time. When Gerald Ford becomes president, ask your parents, the project is canceled and everyone is reassigned. Everyone except Christopher Smith and the other, and I'm sure this was the thread they left out, the other remaining participant in Project Peacemaker. Everyone was reassigned and they simply walked away. But he walks away with his prime directive of combating terrorism intact. And he shows up in Switzerland with a justification in his head that he is sanctioned by the Pentagon to stop terrorism. Christopher Smith loves peace. He loves it so much he's willing to kill for it. He founded the Pax Institute a nonprofit dedicated to interests of peace. And he continues his missions as peacemaker with a small inner circle of trusted individuals at his side. Now the Pax Institute makes a lot of money. So he has a civilian identity as this peace loving man. And then he obsesses over certain elements of crime as the peacemaker. What he doesn't know is that everyone in that circle is part of the agency. A little bit on the agency, just a smidge. The agency was founded to monitor costumed assets, including the Peacemaker and Vigilante. It's more prominently used in Vigilante, 
because in later issues, uh, the agency is reassigned and renamed as Checkmate. So really, Vigilante and Peacemaker kind of are parallel books. So if you read one, you're going to have people from the other, like Harry Stein, who is in Vigilante. He was a New York cop that got involved in this whole Peacemaker situation and was forced out. And then they, the agency made him an offer he couldn't refuse, and he became the head of Checkmate. The Peacemaker also thought that Harry Stein was a terrorist who had used plastic surgery to assimilate into America and tries to kill him quite often. Christopher thinks he has a butler, a maid, a girlfriend, and some business associates, but each person there is there for a specific reason. His maid is actually Dr. Bridget Diabo, who subtly speaks to him when he's frustrated. Man, does she have her work cut out for her. Because now that he's been reconditioned, he doesn't believe that there are souls in his helmet. He's been reconditioned. He's fixed. What? What's that? Oh, wait. He doesn't speak to dead people anymore. He hallucinates that his dead father is with him all the time. They are constantly bickering when he's flying on a mission. He'll be flying in full Peacemaker gear, and there's his father next to him, mocking him in full Nazi gear. Talking about how inferior he is, talking about how he can't do it, talking about how he should be focusing on other missions. When he's trying to figure out his next steps in any mission, his father's there telling him he's making the wrong choice. Now, once this Peacemaker miniseries ends, his next involvement is in the Janus Directive crossover, which is a a cool crossover between uh, the intelligence agencies of the DC universe. So it was Suicide Squad, Checkmate, Firestorm, and Captain Adam. Really, Firestorm is in this for like one scene. Like the crossover issue is like the very last page of like, hey, Firestorm, we need you over here. And then he's kind of involved. I think a lot of those crossovers back then were very broad to, I mean, of course, that's the point of a crossover is to get you to get your interest in another book. Primarily, this is Suicide Squad and Checkmate, but the Firestorm and Captain Adam elements, kind of there. Secondary, if you will. Uh, They're being manipulated against each other because you think that Amanda Waller from the Suicide Squad is trying to take out Checkmate. When the dust settles on this story, Peacemaker has an association with Checkmate, but never really follows orders. He's kind of there just in the background. He doesn't answer to Checkmate. They'll kind of check in with him and he'll be like, I'm busy. Or he'll be like, I'm on my way. And it's really funny because it's like, if things are going wrong, the Peacemaker shows up to even the odds. If things are going right, the Peacemaker rolls in 15 pages in to mess things up. But he's got that mission in his head that he's doing the right thing and he's helping Checkmate create peace. And Checkmate kind of ends, I wouldn't say abruptly, but it just kind of ends. And the Peacemaker kind of has no definitive end to him. He just sort of, the story ends and he's kind of gone. His next appearance is in Showcase 93. That's the name of the series. Showcase 93, which is an anthology book. So issues 6 through 11 feature the Peacemaker. He's got on a couple of covers. Showcase 93 being popular for being a part of the Nightfall saga. There's a couple of parts in there that include Batman, the Batman storyline. His story involves Deathstroke and Deadshot, 
but it just doesn't seem right. There's something off about it. The highlight of the book is early art from Carrie Nord, who is a great artist on Daredevil. But without Paul Kupperberg writing, it's just not the same Peacemaker. The final storyline for this version of Peacemaker comes in Eclipso number 11 through 14 in 1993. Why they gave a villain a book, I don't know, because Eclipso doesn't last very long after this. I guess it was the early 90s and they were just trying to see what, threw it up against the wall and see what sticks. In this storyline, Peacemaker is recruited by Amanda Waller to join a group called the Shadow Fighters to take out Eclipso. It doesn't go well for the team at all. Uh, Peacemaker is one of many team members that die in this mission. And he's just, that's it. He dies. And the next issue of the story is the remainder of the crew recovering the bodies. And that's pretty much a wrap on the Peacemaker for this era. He's seen as a spirit in the day of judgment storyline. But other than that, he wasn't used very much. Uh, There was a Peacemaker in 2006 in the Blue Beetle book claiming to be the Peacemaker using the Christopher Smith name eventually, but without the helmet, it doesn't seem right. And I'm not sure that it actually is. DC is saying that he was how he mysteriously showed up and was a mentor to Blue Beetle, but he doesn't have the helmet on. He doesn't have the suit. I wouldn't worry about it. Now, as far as current continuity goes, Peacemaker shows up in Doomsday Clock And we're just going to say, just because we're going to say the events of Doomsday Clock bring Peacemaker back because he's seen in the Inferior 5 book on a mission. And now, because they know that the um, Suicide Squad is coming out, we've got Peacemaker, you know, front and center on the Suicide Squad book because DC now, they like to make sure that it matches up with what you're reading. So they try better to keep things in line with what you're seeing to bring in more readers. Does it work? I don't know. But that is a quick look at the Peacemaker. If you think about it, as popular as he's probably going to be, you know, he's very, very underutilized. With the movie coming out and with John Cena filming the Peacemaker show for HBO, you're going to be seeing a lot of him. So those are the books to check out if you want to look, get a little background Recap those issues very quickly. Start with Vigilante number 36, Peacemaker, the miniseries one through four. Anything in Checkmate after the Janus Directive crossover. Checkmate in general is a good book. Basically go out there and read Vigilante and Checkmate and Peacemaker and you you know what you need to know. Paul Kupperberg deserves so much credit for what is going to happen because this character is about to explode. And the definitive voice, in my opinion, having read all these books, is of Mr. Paul Kupperberg. So props to him. That about wraps it up for this quick episode, a little information on who is the Peacemaker. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Real quick, a programming note. We're going to change things up a bit. We're going to make it two shows. Because what do you do when you're in a comic book and you want to add another book, but keep the same character, but with a little different cast, you throw an adjective on the end of it. So when we come back, me and Julie will be known as uncanny timeline. And when Devin returns, we will be spectacular timeline, same hot takes, same people, just a little bit of a different name. 
real quick, want to shout out a few podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, you're going to love these podcasts. The Rambling Geek, as always, is a great listen. Mike and Brian talking comics as only they can do. We got a crossover episode with them. Got Devin on board for that. That should be out right as you listen to this. Comic Book Keepers is another great show. Join Lance and friends as they discuss a character for each episode. And if you love comics and you love wrestling like I do, the ODPH and the Three Fat Nerds. Always with the good content. Listen to them on Twitch with the 607 Wrestling Show. Check those out. Come back for more from Punch the Timeline Network. That's right. We're going to be a network now. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you absorbed all that information and you learned a little bit more about Peacemaker. So check out The Suicide Squad. Go back and tell me what you thought. I'm looking forward to it. I personally cannot wait. Check us out on Twitter at Timeline Punch. We are on Instagram at Punch the Timeline. Anywhere else, I'm not there. But hey, send me a DM on Twitter. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. Just go read some comics. Thanks for listening. This has been Punch the Timeline. My name is Jared, and I love comic books, and I hope that you love them too. Have a great day, everybody. And that is not how we do it in Texas. A not in Texas production.